You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I feel like who art ed. Who art ed? Mr. Wood art ed me. Either way, it's ambiguous. It works on so many levels. I know. Welcome to Who Arted, where we explore visual arts in an audio medium. I'm your host, Kyle Wood, and today we're going to be looking at Diego Rivera. And just a reminder, you can see an image of the work discussed in this episode and every episode if you're listening on Amazon Music, Spotify, or any other podcast app that supports episode-specific cover art. Today, Diego Rivera is less of a household name than his wife, Frida Kahlo, but in the early 20th century, he was the more established artist. Rivera was born December 8, 1886, in Guadajanto, Mexico. He and his twin brother were born to a wealthy family, but sadly, Diego was just two years old when his twin brother passed away. As a three-year-old, he was caught drawing on the walls, but instead of getting angry, his parents chose to encourage his creativity by hanging canvas and chalkboards on the walls. Apparently, he liked drawing on walls so much, he made a career of it. He studied art in the Academy of San Carlos in Mexico City, and then he went over to Europe to paint and continued developing artistically. He became friends with Modigliani, he was influenced by artists like Cezanne, and he embraced Cubism, although he came to despise Picasso, who he said ripped him off. Ultimately, the most impactful experience of Rivera's European study had to be his time in Italy, where he saw numerous Renaissance frescoes. In 1921, Rivera returned to Mexico and joined the government-sponsored Mexican Murals Program. Rivera became one of the most prominent Mexican muralists, along with Orozco and Sigueros. The idea of the murals project was to unify the country after the Mexican Revolution. The murals gave artists an outlet to express their political beliefs, and the idea was to portray the ideals of the revolution and lift up the people. There was a great emphasis on pride in the cultural heritage of the indigenous people of Mexico, as well as the workers who built the nation. The beautiful works being created around Mexico were noticed by art lovers around the world. And, as one might expect, Rivera received many commissions, including from patrons in Mexico's neighbor to the north. In America, however, his work was a bit more controversial— the Rockefeller family actually commissioned a piece from Rivera and then later painted over his mural. Diego Rivera was a member of the Communist Party, which was never particularly popular in the capitalist United States. Rivera's reputation and his anti-capitalist bona fides are a little suspect, though, as he was known to pay his workers poorly and put them to a grueling schedule. Another point of controversy was Rivera's depiction of an integrated workforce. He showed workers of different races working together, and for some reason, people found that distasteful. 
but the controversy no doubt helped to make his 1932 commission for the Detroit Institute of Arts a massive success. The Detroit News declared Rivera's work to be vulgar and un-American, so naturally, 10,000 people came to visit the museum in a single day. The Detroit industry murals consist of 27 frescoes. A fresco is created by painting on freshly applied plaster, so the pigments soak into the wall. They become permanently fixed within the wall rather than just a top coat on the surface. They're very durable, but also very labor-intensive. Rivera and his assistants painted 27 massive frescoes in just eight months. They worked at a grueling pace, routinely putting in 15-hour days without breaks. The work was said to have been so intense that Diego Rivera lost 100 pounds during this time. While, as I said, he did not always live up to his ideals and paid his own workers poorly, Diego Rivera was inspired by what he witnessed in Detroit. He spent months touring factories and made hundreds of preparatory sketches before work began on the actual frescoes. In 1932, as he was creating the Detroit Industry Murals, workers at Ford were agitating for better pay and working conditions. 6,000 workers went on strike, and in those days, strikes would be sabotaged by employers. There was violence and five people were killed. Revere wanted to show how human beings intertwined with the machines. Diego Rivera showed the machines and the assembly lines that powered the industries but really emphasized the hard work of the people powering those machines. We see their hands, their bulging muscles. We see teams of workers united to produce the various goods that we rely on every day. And we see the inspections happening to keep those workers safe. Rivera's murals show us that our modern conveniences are not the natural state of the world, but rather the result of hard work by countless people whose names we will never know and whose struggles we rarely consider. Labor unions gave America the eight-hour workday, weekends, and the middle class. And Diego Rivera worked his assistants 15 hours a day for eight months straight to make sure we could all see it. Diego Rivera is just one of 64 diverse artists in this year's Arts Madness Tournament. I hope you're enjoying these daily mini-episodes as a little refresher on all of those different artists, and I hope you'll join me in voting for your favorites in the Arts Madness Tournament this March. Remember to go to whoartedpodcast.com to fill out the prediction form, tell me which artists you think will win the tournament, and you can have a chance to earn a prize yourself. I'll be using all my ad money for the month of February to give out prizes in this year's tournament. So tell all your friends to subscribe to Who Arted on their favorite podcast app, because the more you listen, the more I can give away this spring. This concludes this week's episode of Who Arted, part of the Airwave Media Podcast Network. If you found this tolerable, please leave a rating or review on your favorite podcast app. You can find images of the work being discussed this week and every week on social media at Who Arted Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And of course, on the website, whoartedpodcast.com. Podcast done.